Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another fun episode of Travel with Tannis. And today we are talking to uh, a client and interesting person in my life, Josh. And he has done things in his life that lots of people dream of doing, picking up, adventuring all over the world and having fun experiences and being able to do really cool things. And I'm going to let him tell you about it today. I'm Tana Sterland, a travel expert who has built a multi-million dollar travel business exploring the world in search of culture and adventure. In the past 13 years, I have been creating a travel company that allows me to curate travel experiences for clients while still continuing to explore our world. Every week I will talk about travel experiences, tips and tricks, as well as host some travel friends to share their experiences with all of you. The good, the bad, the hilarious, hopefully providing insight for your next travel adventure. Come, travel with Tannis, and make sure to follow me at Travel with Tannis on Instagram. Today, my guest is somebody that I met through travel. Um, he was a client who came to me. I was introduced to him by his mother. Um, he has definitely been a colorful client over the past year or so. And I think that he has some really interesting information that he could share with the masses today um, about exploration and working in the world and being able to go to different parts of the world and travel, visit and work and do really cool things and have some really interesting experiences. I do know that last year while he was gone, a conversation I had with my cousin, I was telling her about him. And she, the first thing she said to me was, how does he get to do this? So we're going to talk today with Josh Mercier, and he has had an interesting adventure traveling the globe. He's a young man. He still has so much time left. I can't wait to see what he does. It's going to be interesting. But Josh, thank you for being with me today. Thank you very much, Dennis. That is quite the intro. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I find you interesting. Thank you. Um, so in backing up to your travels and the way it started, as you know, a lot of Canadians do, it, Australia is the first trip that they take. It's kind of getting their feet wet across the globe and the first one that they hop into. Your first trip was Australia. Tell me why and how. So it started out as an exchange program for my university. Uh, so I was 20 years old when I went. And it, I mean, everything just kind of fell into place. It was the most enticing uh, program that was offered through my university um, and the most enticing place. So I was in Newcastle, um, right on the beach, lived in res. Um, I (laughs) attended absolutely no school whatsoever. um, And it was the greatest, it was the greatest time for a 20 year old. (laughs) That's the best. I love it. Well, had, you, actually, had you traveled before that? Like, had you been anywhere? Yeah. So my family was pretty big into um, into traveling. Just instead of going like down south and doing the resort vacations, uh, we we would do kind of Europe trips and stuff. So I was lucky enough to be able to go abroad at a young age. Um, mm-hmm. Hilarious to say, but now sometimes I, I almost regret those trips because I don't remember them as, as fondly or as clearly as I'd like to. Um, of course. like, you know, when the first time we went, we went to the Vatican and I was sitting there and like, my parents are staring up at the ceiling and I'm just like, can we, 
we'd go to the hotel pool. <laughs> you know, because I was I was young. I was like I was like seven or eight. So <laughs> yeah, we're in Italy. Can I just have pizza? <laughs> yeah, honestly, this is past the bullshit. I just want pizza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So you take off to Australia on this exchange. You do nothing but surf and enjoy your vitamin D uptake. How long were you there? I was there for six months. Okay, and then what? And then a friend and I took off to Southeast Asia. Um, I believe that's kind of how we really started talking. I think my mom was like, oh, I I know this lady who got sucked into Thailand for like a few years. (laughs) Um, You could say that. (laughs) Yeah. So that trip really, uh, really built itself. We only wanted to go to Thailand and then... Uh, it was super expensive to get there, but it was like it was like sixty bucks to get to Indonesia from from Sydney, and so we were like, um, okay, let's start in Indonesia, and then you know made our way through there, and then we were in Thailand, and it was like, well, I'd kind of like to see Vietnam, and then well, Cambodia is in between, all right, and then we hadn't booked flights home yet, and it was cheaper to fly out of Hong Kong, so we were like, all right, let's let's get ourselves to Hong Kong. I don't think people understand exactly with Southeast Asia just how relatively inexpensive it is to get around. You can country hop on a dime. It, it's really simple. Oh, it's it's insane. Like you can just mm-hmm. hop on a bus and, and you're getting your sta- your passport stamped like, you know, an hour later. Yeah, it's quite incredible. Very, very easy. I remember we flew from um, Bangkok to Vietnam for 40 bucks return unbelievable like that's yeah unheard of <laughs> so and you know last summer my husband and I went back to Thailand and it's still as cheap it's nothing's changed it's it's a little bit more commercial in places but it's still it was so inexpensive it's the easiest trip in the world to do Southeast Asia for sure oh 100% I actually went uh, went on a little vacation from Japan to Thailand as well actually so uh, nice. did, a, did a round two. And I remember thinking the exact same thing. It was just, just it was so easy. It was so cheap. Yeah. Great. And so where did you go in Thailand? Where's your place? Um, when I was 20, I loved Koh Phi Phi. Uh-huh. Um, as a 25 year old, I liked uh, Pai quite a bit better. Ooh. Um, just, you know, it, it still had a fun vibe, but, um, canyons, mountains, it was touristy enough where, you know, you could meet people and, and have a good time, but it was also not so full blown party Island in your face kind of thing. Yeah. You can find those really easily. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's, it is nice to just be able to peace out in a good place sometimes too, though. Yeah. Take it in. For sure. Um, I received actually, so when I was 20, I got a, a tattoo in Kopipi um, nice. on my foot. And when I was in Pai the next time, I got what you might know as a Thai tattoo um, Ooh, how on, that the, hurt? on the left side of my body. <laughs> I can uh, feel that. <laughs> yeah, I like oh. I have some some pretty nasty pictures of it. Um so for anybody that doesn't know, a Thai tattoo is falling off of a moped. <laughs> oh 
Gosh. And it really sucked. <laughs> it's called it's a tourist tattoo, and you can see people like half their ash cheek is missing. They'll be on the beach. And <laughs> oh, and okay, that awesome. was that was the worst part about it. Like once the pain was gone, and like it wasn't infected, I was walking around with this like patch on my knee, and the locals would like point and laugh, like they just know. <laughs> And, and you've got like a bit of a sunburn too. And it's just like, oh, I, I hate being this out of place. <laughs> but here's the best part about it is you go there and they'll give anybody a moped without a helmet. And they're like, okay, yeah, here you go. And you just expect it to take off on this thing. There's no rhyme, reason, lesson, nothing. And they just expect that. Okay, yeah, take it. It's yeah. all yours. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. Oh, it was, yeah, it was brutal. It was actually the, there was five of us and the buddy in front, um, actually thought he missed the turn and he slammed on the brakes and I was directly behind him. And so then I hit the brakes and I skidded out and then my friend behind me skidded out. And then the the fifth guy skidded out as well. Like it was, it was this complete pile up like a domino effect. It It was horrible. So there's like three of us. One of the guys ended up, the guy at the very back kind of finessed it and he ended up landing on his feet. But uh, yeah, there was there was three of us that were just achy and, and just in pain. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So yeah. you you spend your time in Southeast Asia. You come back. Now this is like I, I think traveling through Southeast Asia is like the best thing you could do. But then you had a really interesting experience with Spain. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, Spain was an unbelievable time. Spain was. I would call it a whimsical decision that completely changed my life. Um, So after I got back from Thailand, I finished my degree. um, And then once I graduated, I uh, had to get surgery actually on my shoulder. And so I was just sitting in my parents' basement, just moping around, you know, in this like postgraduate funk, like, what can I do? Um, and I had a friend that was over there. She was running, uh, she's a good family friend, and she was running this hostel bar. And I just, you know, wanted to catch up, see how things were. And she was like, yeah, it's, it's amazing here, but I need to leave soon. Like, I need to go get my visa redone. So I got to go back to Canada. And I got to figure out somebody to pass this bar on to. And I was like, um, <laughs> well, me, like, hello. And yeah. she's like, well, would you, would you do it? I was like, yes, absolutely. Um, so I looked at my bank account, which was just a sad thing to look at. Um, <laughs> coming coming out of university and like I was going to say postgraduate. Yeah, just it was it was just a, a tragedy. But I had enough money to get myself to Sevilla, and so I booked a plane ticket. I I, I called Brett. She's the the friend, and I was just like, uh, hey. Yeah, I booked a flight. Um, can you get me accommodations at the hostel? She's like, yeah, already talked to the owner. Uh, when can you be here? I was like, well, the flight leaves in a week. She's like, sweet, awesome, see you then. I walk upstairs, my mom's cooking lunch, and I was like, hey, mom, um, on, on Tuesday, I'm moving to Spain. <laughs> I could totally see your mother. <laughs> She's like, what? And I was like, yeah, uh, gonna, gonna do uh, <laughs> the bar for Brett. So I got over there. I was dead broke. Um, and Brett was actually kind enough to, to basically let me pay her, 
um, afterwards for the bar. So the way it worked was we bought all the alcohol um, and then sold it at our prices and made the drinks and bought all the supplies for the bar. And we didn't have to pay rent. It was a rooftop uh, bar in this hostel. We didn't have to pay rent. Basically, our rent was contributing to the atmosphere of the hostel. So What an opportunity. Holy. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Like, it was yeah. – and also, to be honest, I made so much money doing it. Um, hilariously enough, like, when I first got there, I was making beds um, at their sister hostel so that I would have a place to stay. So – I'd wake up, make beds from 11 to, you know, four, and then open up the bar at five and work until midnight and then go out and then, you know, get back at six thirty seven in the morning and, you know, rinse, repeat kind of thing. Um, and I remember there was one time actually where I, I reached into my pocket. This was right before I took over at the bar, reached into my pocket to uh, buy sandals. I didn't have any shoes. My shoes completely like tore up. So I was, I was looking for some flip-flops and they were three euros and I hadn't had anything to eat that day yet either. And there was a sandwich shop next door and a sandwich was a euro 50. And so I was, I looked at all the money I had in my pocket and it was three euros. And I was like, okay, I can buy two sandwiches or a pair of flip-flops. And it was like, "Mm hmm sandwiches so i just i walked around <laughs> barefoot i walked around barefoot for like a week <laughs> oh my gosh i love it i know just a complete bum but what a responsible I, decision of you like seriously. Right. <laughs> no, okay. you know, guys gotta eat i could have easily spent that on on a tall frosty beer but i had to eat yeah. um but uh, then i took over at the bar and i worked every day for three months until the hostel closed for like the um the winter season. Mm-hmm. And in that three months, I had made enough money to buy myself shoes, actually, um, and also to put myself up <laughs> in an apartment and then fund a trip through um, former Yugoslavia. Wow. So, I, yeah, I actually did, I did really, really well for myself at this bar. Um, and then I, I took off and I went and traveled. I did a hitchhiking trip through... Um, uh, Northern Italy, Slovenia, Bosnia, Serbia, Montenegro. And then I flew back to Calgary and, um, had Christmas with my family, worked about three, four weeks, uh, just a cash labor job. And then went back to Spain to continue running the bar when it reopened. What an incredible opportunity. And do you think, though, so you had an opportunity to go there because you knew somebody there who had put you into this position. But what about people who just want to move and work in another place? What kind of advice do you have for people who want to do something like that? Who a postgraduate is the worst. We all sit there and just stare at the walls going, okay, now what? (laughs) Well, I shouldn't say we all, but a lot of people do. And so what would you tell people who want to take off and work in another country like that. Do you have a piece of advice? Honestly, I would just say it's committing to doing it and being open to whatever comes your way. I found that a lot of my trips um, that have started out with so much uncertainty, I haven't built up this 
this idea or this expectation of what's happening or what's going to happen. So anything that does kind of come my way, um, I find it a lot easier to take it in stride. Like, you know, it's, it's the best possible option because you haven't built yourself up this way. Um, and so in terms of actually just commit, like committing and, and taking off, I actually find that just booking the flight is the way to do it because, there's so much uncertainty. You're like, ah, well, I, mm, I don't know. You know, there's always going to be something else going on. You're going to be uncertain. It also sucks like spending a, you know, 900 bucks on a, on a flight, but you just have to, you just have to buckle down and do it. And, and that's the thing that I feel stops so many people. It's just actually taking that leap, taking the leap and, and committing to it. Mm-hmm. And, like the reason I say the flight thing is because once you've booked it, you're just like, well, I, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm in, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I gotta go. Yeah, there's kind of a high too. For well, at least for me, like I, the second I book a flight, I'm gone. Like in my brain, I'm already gone. I'm checked oh, yeah. in. It could be a flight that doesn't happen, you know, for six weeks, and I am so checked out the second I hit proceed. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally. Um, okay, so you go to Spain, you come home. Let's talk about last year, Josh. Okay. <laughs> last year. It wasn't last year. It was the fall of the year before, was it not? Was it? When did um, you go to November of 20... Was it 18 or 18? 19? November of 2018, I went to Japan. November of 2018. This is where life got colorful for my relationship with Josh. (laughs) So last season, I did a podcast called Insurance is for Warriors, uh, which brings me to, hi, everybody, meet Josh today. This is the gentleman that I was speaking about in Insurance is for Warriors. And I, I keep joking. I don't know why I haven't done it yet. I keep saying I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says insurance is for warriors. That <laughs> phrase has stuck I've in my brain. waiting for it actually. <laughs> it's coming your way, man. Um, so you decided you were going to go to Japan. So tell me about that. How did you pick Japan and how did Japan come about? Um, so as you know, um, I'm an avid snowboarder mm-hmm. and it was actually the the seed was actually planted. I met this uh, girl from Austria at the bar in Spain, and she was talking about how she wanted to do a snow season in Japan. And I was like, "What Japan?" And you never think that. Yeah, and for whatever reason, I just didn't know that it was such a a good snowboarding scene. Um, so I looked it up, and this would have been probably March of 2018. I texted one of my buddies, and I was like, "Hey, man, like, what would you?" think about going and doing a season over in Japan and he was like yes yes that would be awesome um so it was just kind of we didn't really make any concrete plans the the idea was to go over there and work um somewhere near the hill looking up places that we could uh you know live and and kind of work around the places to to earn our keep was was kind of the idea and then, um, yeah, I looked, looked through a few resorts in, in Japan and, and kind of narrowed down on one uh, up in Hokkaido. And we were pretty terrible at planning it, to be honest. Um, and then it kind of came down to the time where I was like, okay, hey, like we, we got to do this. We got 
you got to bear down and, and figure this out. And then my buddy actually backed out on me and I was just like, oh, like come on, man. Like mm-hmm. I, we got to do this. I, I had gone through, I, I had spent the day, um, going through the town on Google maps and clicking every single business and sending a resume to their, um, company website and like some you could find job things or job postings for some I was just like yeah you know like ramen restaurant let's go you know just sending I can make ramen (laughs) (laughs) teach me how and I can make it um so I ended up getting a uh an email back from this this Singaporean man that owned a hotel um right in the town I had applied as a bartender at his place but he was like hey I noticed that you ran a bar in Spain. Cause on my resume, it says bar owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. flex. Yeah. Thank you nice. very much. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so gotta use it. He was like, I bought this space right next to my hotel. It used to be a dive bar. I'm planning on demolishing it and building it into, um, extra rooms for the hotel. But I don't have time to do that before this season. So I want it to just be, a cheap local watering hole. Um, would you come over, help me build the bar and then run it? And I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. I will do that. So while I'm looking for like housekeeping jobs, I actually just get offered like the most amazing job, right? No kidding. So then this is when my buddy backs out and I was so mad about it because like I found this unbelievable opportunity. I was brainstorming names. He was sending me like resumes from Australian people that had applied to him and like Japanese people that had applied to him to work at this bar. So like I was conducting interviews, like it was it was an amazing time. Like it, I, it was, it was so exciting for me. Um, I was going to call it the big maple. <laughs> That's <laughs> that was, awesome. Yeah. I thought it was going to be great. Um, what about the language though? Like how are you looking for jobs and interviewing and doing all of this? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you don't speak the language. I don't speak Japanese. No. Um, yeah, okay. And I, I really did not learn very much. Um, mm. The good thing was it was a really touristy place that I was going to. Okay. Um, so it would be kind of like the Whistler of Japan. Oh, okay. So there was a lot of English and a lot of expats lived there and um, a lot of Australian owned and run companies. And then the Japanese uh, that lived in that area were, were really fluent in English. Um, so it was actually very easy. Hmm. Right on. Okay. Mm-hmm. There were I think that would times. be like a stumbling block for people where they would be kind of almost afraid to step into that because of the language barrier and not maybe not understanding that, you know, it can, especially heading to those touristy areas and understanding that, you know, it, you can fit in and you can, you know, function. Yeah, you really can make it work. And there were some times that it was, you know, it was tough. Like one of the guys that was helping me build the bar didn't speak any, any English. So I I don't know. Like they're at the end of the day, like they're in the same position as you are. Like when it was him and I in the, in the bar working together, like we both realized that we couldn't speak to each other. So a lot of like nonverbal communication and and pointing and, and you kind of just go with it because there's nothing else you can really do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was, there was obviously a pretty heavy language barrier, but, um, 
never anything too bad. When I when I first moved over there, I was uh, living in a in a house that was supposed to be full of people that were going to be working for the hotel throughout the season. But I got there early, so it was actually um, just me and and this uh, older Japanese guy. He was super cool, but he did not speak very good English. But he wanted to learn. Um, Fun. So he was. I mean, for the month of November, he was like my only friend. <laughs> so. I, uh, so your buddy never ended up going, hey? No, he never ended up going, but I actually was able to pull over a few other buddies from Canada um, and one buddy from Australia. So, so cool. it was hilarious. Yeah, you know when you invite somebody to on a trip and they're like, oh, that would be awesome. But that's like as far as they get. It yeah. was, there was like three of my buddies from Canada were just like, yep, I'm coming. And one of my buddies Done. from Australia did the same thing. So I ended up actually being able to pull over four friends um, to work for me at the bar. Wild. Yeah. So um, good. Yeah. It was, uh, okay. it was just a phenomenal time. Right on. So you were – you and I were having a conversation just before you left. And we were talking about, oh, yeah, I do have to clarify. Oh, yeah, we have to touch on that, too. Um, We were having a conversation, though, about you going and you going on this snowboard adventure. And it was a whole talk about, Josh, you need insurance. And you're like, yeah, I know. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Tell everybody what happened, Josh. What happened? Oh, Tannis, you know, it's not a cool story. This is the coolest story ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love the outcome of this story. It was a, such a pain in the ass for you, but oh. I love this story so much. And I think not only the stories you're telling today of like picking up and just doing it and like booking the flight and going and having your adventure, this one's going to resonate, Josh. Well, yeah. I mean, bad things can happen anywhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the listeners, I had a hernia when I was over in Japan, a hernia. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was extremely painful. Um, I was working at, at the restaurant and I got this, uh, this just disgustingly painful stomach pain and I didn't know what was going on. It was Australia day, um, the night before. So, you know, everyone just thought I was being super hungover and, and whiny about mm-hmm. it. But it was insane. Um, ended up going the next day uh, to the doctor, and he told me that I had a hernia. And what what it caused the pain was a um, what it's called as an incarceration episode. So it's when the hernia is is kind of like in your in your pelvis. Um, it's a mm-hmm. hole in the pelvis, and and when the incarceration happens, it's actually your intestine dips into that hole and then gets pinched off, um, and it can be actually really dangerous but anyway i ended up having to go get surgery in sapporo um to get Mm -hmm. fixed up which was quite the experience actually japanese surgery it was a it was a a grand old time and what did we in our conversation the other day i think what did we come to the conclusion that your final bill was uh thirteen thousand dollars Thirteen thousand dollars. And Josh, did you pay thirteen thousand dollars out of your pocket? I did not pay thirteen thousand dollars out of my pocket. Why? Because I had insurance, Tannis. How did you get insurance, Josh? I got insurance through you, Tannis. 
Yeah, but I think the story around that is the best part because you actually, I'm going to get slaughtered in my industry for even saying this publicly because how we fandangled this, it will never happen again. So don't ever try it. You cannot obtain insurance once you've left the country. You just can't. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That was. You were in the air. So technically, I wasn't. I believe if you were in the air and your mother phoned me and yeah. said, Josh never got insurance. <laughs> yeah. And so we got you hooked up. So by the time you landed and everything was all hunky dory and you know, thank God. Hey, and oh, before, like sure. even on your other trips, had you done insurance before? Never. No. Um, and that was the thing with this Japan trip because it was a snowboarding trip. I was like, all right, I will be, you know, careening down a mountain every single day. Bad things can happen. I should probably get insurance. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely don't regret it now. I mean, I didn't foresee a a hernia operation, but. No kidding. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. It was an interesting outcome though. And your poor sister, I remember we were booking her flight. She was just going to see you. She was going to snowboard, wasn't she? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She was coming over. And it was, yeah. And we actually ended up meeting her in Sapporo. It was like perfect timing. We met in Sapporo um, and I went into the hospital and she just kind of hung out in the city and hung out by uh, the bed while I was recovering. And then we went back out to Niseko and I felt really bad for her. I, I was saying it to you earlier, Tannis, but she's like, so what do you guys do here? And I was like, well, we snowboard and then we drink. And she's like, oh, so like, can you do that right now with the hernia? And I was like, no. She's like, what are you, what are you allowed to do? And I was like, well, I can't snowboard and I can't drink. Those are the two things they told me not to do. Those are the only two things that we do. <laughs> yeah. And she had traveled all the way over there. Oh, yeah. So I ended up, uh, you know, I got off the pain meds and she was there for a bit. And so I wasn't able to snowboard with her, but uh, we ended up having a pretty good time. So it wasn't all for nothing, but yeah, that was a, that was a tough one. You know, I think that you've had, you're so young and you've had such incredible travel adventures and experiences. And I think people could definitely live vicariously through you, but I, I always say, don't live vicariously through somebody, go make your own adventures. And I think the way you talk and the way you explain things, Josh, it really clarifies for people just book the ticket and go. And there's anything can happen. My gosh, you can go on a snowboarding trip in Japan and end up in a hospital. And, or you can end up in Spain owning a bar and having the experience of a lifetime. And it's just simply book the ticket and go, hey? Oh, really? It's it's exactly that. And just, like I said, accepting what comes your way because mm-hmm. it's it's the best possible outcome, really, because you've got nothing else going. You know, you, yeah. you just you really have to be open to it. And it's, it's similar, you know, for people who, who haven't gone off and traveled and haven't put themselves out there like that, you know, a, a similar experience would be going to university and, and like living in a dorm for your first year. Like you get there mm-hmm. and you're nervous and you don't know anybody, but everyone else is in that same position. And so yeah. you're so much more open and easier and almost vulnerable in a way because you're just, you're kind of stuck there, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
but so is everyone else. And I, and I remember like some of my, my best friends today are guys that I met at the beginning of, of university. Um, Isn't that incredible? Yeah. And, and like, it's, it's similar with traveling. Like you're both just in the exact same boat. And so, so much easier to connect and be open with people and just accept things as they come your way. For sure. Where to next, Josh? What's your next adventure? Oh, I, uh, I don't even know. I've never been to South America, so I'd really like to do that. Um, Argentina has always been on my list. Uh, I have some good buddies there too from my time in Spain. So, you know, that would be awesome to see those guys. Um, but I also was talking to somebody recently about, a, I think it's the Trans-Siberia Express. You, oh. Yeah, you can get a train ticket through Russia for like it's relatively cheap and you can kind of hop on and off this train and just and just cruise through all of uh all of mother russia russia's my bucket list item hey i have been like i I tell everybody i've been to 60 countries i've never been to russia and russia is my bucket list so we were actually this summer we were supposed to do a family trip through sweden norway finland and then over through russia and then of course covid hit and everything went by the wayside but that's still on my radar. I yeah. need to get to Russia. Russia would be sure. awesome. Wow, 60 countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been to 36. Hey, that's good. That's I'm, good. I'm, I'm getting there, Tannis. You got to go exploring. It just uh, it can't all just be Calgary, hey? No, there's so much more out there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. uh, pretty phenomenal. I had, a, I had a good buddy of mine who was very stuck in his ways that, you know, Calgary is where he wants to live. Cal- you know, he wants to marry a girl, live in Calgary, grow up here, raise a family here. And he was one of the guys that I pulled over to Japan actually. And, um, (laughs) when he like afterwards, we went to Thailand together as well. And and afterwards he was just like, man, like, I want to, I want to travel again. Like there's so much more. I'm like, yes, yes, dude. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think listening, Josh, I could talk to you all day long and I think people could listen to your travel stories all day long, but I think today in just in our conversation here over the past, you know, half hour or so, I think when people listen to this, they're going to walk away knowing there's always those people on the fence that are kind of like, Oh, do I, don't I, should I, shouldn't I, first off, I think in your twenties between university and life, just travel just travel that's get it out of your system do it and then as you get older your travel style changes and looks different but have the adventures have the experience and just bloody well book the ticket and go it's so important yeah for sure terribly important and those those people that i get it all the time where people are just like i can't believe you did that like i could never do that it's like you you could you absolutely could book the damn ticket it's that easy and it really is People sometimes are, are surprised that this is all the stuff I've done, but it's just being open to that, uh, that possibility and that experience. Um, one yep. more quote of mine that I'll leave with you. This was one I said to my, my buddy's dad um, at grad weekend. Um, you know, it's what are you going to do after you graduate? What's life like after this? And we were sitting there having a, having a drink and he was like, Josh, so what, you know, what are you going to do after school? And I was like, you know what, Steve? I'm going to take the time to not take myself so seriously. And that's exactly what I did. (laughs) You know what, though? I I live by that, and I'm still doing that. And that 
it poses a problem at a certain point in life <laughs> when you have a family and kids and you're still not taking things too seriously. That's why I went and created the job for myself that I did because, yeah, I just, I, I live by that. I, I That's the best quote. Thank you for that. And it's so true. Good on you. Keep doing it. <laughs> thank you very much, Tannis. We're going to keep living through you. And Josh, I really do thank you for your time and sharing today and I know people will enjoy listening to you and the takeaway is travel by insurance, of course, but take (laughs) travel, travel, just book the ticket, just go and enjoy. And if anybody has any questions about any of the destinations, um, how do they find you, Josh? How How can people get in touch with you to talk to you about Japan or Spain or whatever? Um, you can reach me on Instagram probably be the best way. Uh, my handle is Josh Merce, M-E-R-C, and then eight. Um, Josh Merce eight. Yeah. Perfect. And yeah, so, and if you want, you know, you can reach out to me on Travel with Tannis on Instagram. And if you have any questions or anything, I can certainly pass them off to Josh. But Josh, I thank you so much for your time today and being with me and having the conversation. And I, I know that I look very forward to seeing where you end up next and what the adventure becomes. And um, yeah, anybody out there listening, thank you. Thank you for being with us today. And remember to like, subscribe and share.